Hello, this is Suzanne Yegley, and this is the You Got Jobbed podcast. So I haven't done this in a while, and I've missed you. And uh, I was listening recently to a podcast called In Voorhees We Trust with Gorley and Rust, and it's about all the Jason movies, which I had never seen, all the Friday the 13th movies. And so I just finished watching all 11, 12, 13, I don't know, and listening to that podcast. Anyway, in that podcast, they just said, you can make your podcast be whatever you want. It doesn't have to sound like um, every NPR podcast or whatever. You can do whatever you want. So that's what I'm going to do. I've just been living my life and doing other things and... I was trying to sell a book based on the interviews, and that's been an uphill battle that hasn't been too successful, but that's okay. Life is a, I I said to my husband, I have 40 more years (laughs) to try to make something happen, so who knows? Anyway, um, and I'm working on some other projects that are a lot of fun that maybe someday I'll actually tell you about, but I don't want to say anything now. Anyway, how are you? Um, I remember the last time we spoke, the, (coughs) sorry, the podcast was circling the creative drain and, um, I'm going to start something new again. Um, it's still the same kind of thing. I I thought what I would do is I'm just going to read some of these interviews. So maybe you're driving in the car or you're waiting at your kid's dentist appointment or something or your own dentist appointment and you're looking for something to listen to, well, I have some interviews for you. (laughs) I could do this all day. So uh, without any further ado, let's start with an interview. I'm just going to pick some off the website and read them to you and maybe tell you some of my own stories or not. We'll see how this goes. Don't I sound so zen? (laughs) I'm trying to be quiet because my husband's in the other room studying. And uh, I'm hiding in the closet. And also, I just took an eight-week meditation class. So I'm super chill. And if my podcast is circling the creative drain, I'm, I'm all like, I'll just go with that. I'll go down the drain with it. No big deal. <laughs> okay, here we go. This interview is called Nick Jerkowski Doesn't Mind Eating Ostriches Because They're Such Jerks. So, I wonder how I should do this. Should I just do Q and A? Q. I said, what's your job? That's the question. (laughs) Okay, what's your job? He says, I work at an ostrich farm. I pick up the eggs, clean out the water buckets, and I sell ostrich-themed bric-a-brac to tourists. What kind of bric-a-brac, I say? Feathers, lots of feathers, stuffed animals, headbands with feathers seem to be really popular trying to picture that. Anyway, I said, is it his full-time job? He said, he's a graduate student. I'm a graduate student in Southern California. I work full-time in the summer and part-time during the school year. Where is this farm? It's near Santa Barbara wine country. It's mostly run as a tourist trap. In the mid-90s, it was opened as a meat farm. Hmm. 
At the time, entrepreneurs thought that ostrich meat would be the next big thing. It's huge in South Africa. But obviously it never took off here and a lot of the farms closed. So I just want to take a moment and ask you if you've ever had ostrich meat. And if you're the type of person who would eat ostrich meat. Um, I personally, what's the grossest thing you ever ate? <laughs> Send me an email. I, you could tweet me on Twitter, but I'm trying to stay off there because I'm losing my mind, hence the meditation class. But, um, yeah, you could send me an email. Uh, just, yeah. <laughs> What's the grossest thing you ever ate? I ate, um, I lived in France briefly with a family there, and um, they had horse tongue for dinner the one night. And you had to scrape the salivary glands off to eat the meat underneath. The meat underneath was fine. It was just like any other meat. The salivary glands were laying there in a little pile on the side of my plate, just staring at me. And it kind of makes me want to throw up just thinking about it. So the, the fact of putting a tongue in my mouth. <laughs> okay, anyway. So um, it sounds like, what's his name? Zach. I can't believe, no, Nick. I don't know why I forgot his name. So Nick uh, is working at the ostrich farm, and it never took off. But I guess if I ever go to South Africa... And they're like, dude, you got to have ostrich meat. Yeah, as long as there's no salivary glands, I think I would try it. For some reason, I'd rather eat an ostrich than a rabbit. Okay, so this is back to Nick. He says, I guess ostrich farming has a history in Southern California. Hmm. In the early 1900s, late 1800s, Victorian fashion called for a lot of giant feathers. Okay. I can picture this now, right? Like flappers with feather hats or feather headbands. Um, he said, at the time, the first American ostrich farm opened in Southern California. The farm has 54 adult ostriches and 22 emus, em emus, emus, on 33 acres. The emus are the ostrich's smaller, better-tempered cousin. So, so it sounds like right here that <laughs> Nick is a big fan. Nick is like, fuck these ostriches. <laughs> the emo, the emus, <laughs> if only it was easier to say, the emus are where it's at. The ostriches suck. So they have 54 ostriches. So let's picture this. So there's 33 acres. That's pretty huge. I would assume, right? I can't picture an acre. So that's how big it is. Uh, 54 ostriches and 22 emus. So there's twice as many ostriches as emus. See, I can do some math. No, there's more than twice. Anyway, okay, back to Nick. The ostriches basically stand there all day. No, they stand out there all day, just biting at things to see if they're edible. There are coyotes out there too, but I think the coyotes are actually afraid of the ostriches. Thankfully, we've never lost an, o never lost an ostrich to predators. So that means you've lost them to other things? Oh, now we're talking about ostrich death, okay. Nick says, yeah, well... We've just started hatching babies. Oh boy, here we go. Uh, and we were going to let the babies wander, but they came up the path and into the parking lot, which wasn't good. So what he's saying is, there's baby ostriches, and they were going to let the babies wander, and then they came in the parking lot. Now, is this like a pigeon situation, like on Seinfeld, where there's these baby 
ostriches wandering the parking lot and, and people are like, oh, they'll move out of the way of my car. And then their car just smashes them. <laughs> oh. Okay, so then he says, we built an enclosure for them. But then when they're in a smaller space, they peck at the ground obsessively and they can get an obstruction in the organ between their gizzard and their stomach. So I don't know what a gizzard is, do you? Like I, I am so ignorant of so many things. I, I, and I didn't ask him during this interview, like what's a gizzard? Cause I don't want to look like an idiot and I'm not going to Google it right now. Cause that would be boring for you. But uh, they can get an obstruction in the organ between their gizzard and their stomach. Is the gizzard above or below their stomach? Is the gizzard like their esophagus? Think of the length of the throat of an ostrich. Okay, anyway, he says, or these babies, uh, they might eat a bit of plastic or just too much sand. What kind of evolutionary tactic is that? I'm thinking like where they can just, okay, anyway. Oh, here we go. <laughs> One baby drown in its own water dish. Oh, that's really unfortunate. Oh, it's funny to say, but then when you picture it, okay, anyway, they're not too smart. We had a visitor from South Africa once who had experience with ostriches, and he said, quote, every day they wake up and wonder how they can kill themselves. <laughs> Are you ever scared of the ostriches? I asked Nick. He said, if you're giving out the energy that you're not scared and you're in charge, then it's fine. We always go out with shovels or long sticks, though. People are always amazed when you jump into one of the pens. They do have two giant legs, so you have to watch out for kicking, especially at the beginning of mating season. Hmm. So at the beginning of mating season, they're trying to get with you? So they're... I'm, I'm a little bit... A little bit hairy on that part like um, they're kicking because they're horny or they're kicking because they want to get with Nick <laughs> and he has to I was gonna say beat them off with a shovel oh boy I didn't expect this to be a dirty episode okay I asked Nick do they have teeth he said they bite at you but they don't have teeth that could really hurt you actually all of a sudden I had this thought did my friend have an ostrich in her backyard but she didn't she had a llama what's the friendlier one not the, no it's actually a nastier one i don't know it's not a llama she had a alpaca in her backyard that's right she had my friend had an alpaca they had a big backyard well it's more like it was like a farm field kind of thing and they had an alpaca alpaca back there and then when the alpaca died they had to um, bring a crane no they had to bring some kind of what do you call it? <laughs> I know three words and this isn't one of them. They brought in some sort of, they had to pick it up with a machine is what I'm saying. Like you can't just take the alpaca and like go throw it in the garbage can like I did with our poor hamster. No, you have to pick, you had to bring in some heavy machinery because the thing weighs, it's like, um, it's like, did you ever see Empire Strikes Back? It's like one of those animals from Empire Strikes Back. If they get killed by the, what, the evil force. <laughs> What's the name of it? I know the rebellion and the dark lord something. I don't know. Anyway, if they get killed, you can't just pick them up and move them out of the way. You have to get a crane in there. Okay. Did they have teeth, Nick? They bite at you, but they don't really have teeth that could hurt you. 
They're fairly territorial. They'll chase around a juvenile till it dies. See, I don't know why I thought this was so funny. Now I'm reading it. It sounds so morbid. The ostriches are territorial and they'll chase down a juvenile till it dies. It's so cruel. But, I, you know, reading that, I do think <laughs> I had older brothers and they would chase me around. Okay, anyway, the ostriches will jump into the emu pens. Back again with that word emu. E emu? I should go on dictionary.com. Anyway, they'll jump into the emu pens. They always want to see what's going on. They're not malicious, though. They're just really curious. Occasionally, they'll injure each other fighting because they just chase each other around all day. This, this does sound like a lot, like me and my brothers. Okay. Uh, hey, Nick, does your graduate degree have anything to do with farming? Uh, I'm getting my PhD in music theory, but I do have a landscaping slash gardening background. When they interviewed me, they did ask, can you create a water feature? And I said yes. <laughs> so I think that's why they hired me. I asked him, do you really know how to put in water features? He said, yes, though I've been here four or five months and I haven't yet. You know what? I got to go back and see what year this was. And then I got to look up this ostrich farm and see if there's a picture of a water feature. November 9th, 2010. Holy crap. It's, it's November 10th right now. So this was literally eight years ago, almost exactly. Huh. Okay, so eight years ago he was working there, so they better have their water feature by now. Uh, I said, Nick, can you tell the difference between the individual ostriches? Oh, good question, Suzanne. You want to know if the ostriches have personality? He said, some of them. One has a jaw that doesn't close straight on. Oh, <laughs> we call him Popeye. Did you miss that? One has a jaw that doesn't close straight on, and we call him Popeye. Some are more or less aggressive than others. I said, don't ostriches run really fast? And he said, well, they run 30 miles per hour pretty easily, though they can get up to 45 miles per hour. They're the fastest thing on two legs. Well, clearly they haven't seen me try to run. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I ran. Actually, I think I the last time I ran... My daughter took the bus and she got off at the wrong stop that was like a mile away. And I ran uphill in the rain to try to get closer to where she was and I was sweating and that's probably the last time I ran. Then before that it had probably been a couple of years. Anyway, I'm not as fast. An ostrich can go up to 40, 45 miles an hour. Look at all the stuff you're learning. You didn't know, did you, that when you tuned in today you were going to learn all this ostrich uh these ostrich facts. How I'm gonna have a quiz. How how fast can they go? Forty five miles an hour. That's pretty fast. That'd be great if you're driving down the street and they were running next to you. Okay, question. So there is a fence around the perimeter or something to keep them in? He said, Yeah, there's a fence around the perimeter. When we have oh, then we have a few different pens. Ooh, one for breeding, one for picking eggs, and one for the juveniles. Do you have to move the ostriches between pens? Yes, to move one, ideally you grab its head, force its head down low, and slip a sock over it. Now this is like a comic. This is like some sort of comic book where this guy Nick is grabbing the ostrich and stuffing a sock over the thing's head. <laughs> it seems 
seems like they're too big to be just grabbing. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> the owner's nephew taught me how to sock an ostrich. God bless that owner's nephew. That is really cool. That's a good skill. I'm not sure how else you could use it in life, but it seems pretty good. How many eggs do they lay? Oh, that's another good question. I am curious. They lay eggs during the laying season, which is January through late August or early September. So that's a good nine, eight or nine months of laying eggs. The females lay one egg every two to three days. So, wait, so laying an egg, that's just like me dropping an egg. Because I was like, imagine giving birth every two to three days. There's no flipping way. But I wonder if, if laying an egg for an ostrich is just sort of like going to the bathroom. The gestation period is 40 to 50 days. Okay, so they, the egg comes out of them. Right? Is that how it works? Yeah, the egg is like fertilized and it comes out. And then it, it sits there for 40 to 50 days before a baby's hatched, right? Hmm. I asked, how do you collect the eggs? During the day, the female sits on the nest. At night, the males do. The males leave more easily, so we wait until they are on their shift, and then we chase the males away. <sighs> wait, I'm confused. So, these are fertilized... See, I can never think about the things I eat, but these are these fertilized eggs, ostrich eggs, that he's going in and taking. And then people are going to eat, but if they didn't eat them, they'd turn into babies? I don't understand. Okay, so they, they, they chase the males away. Okay, the emus are totally different. Once the male impregnates the female, he sits on the nest the whole time and he loses a lot of weight. Oh. Meanwhile, she goes out and mates with the other emus and starts other nests. Wait. Okay, wait, these, these emus are so much better than the ostriches. Once the male impregnates the female, he sits on the nest the whole time and he loses a lot of weight. Okay, so now I'm feeling sorry for this guy. Meanwhile, she's going out to the clubs and she's mating with other emus and starting other nests. This chick is badass. Oh my god, so she's got starving male emus all over town. Damn. This emu is... emus are feminists. Well... They're not feminists. I guess they probably think women are better than men. Okay, anyway, we're not going to go there. How big are the ostrich eggs? Okay, now this is where, again, I wish you could just, like, I'm going to be quiet for just a moment, and you're going to think about, okay, so a chicken egg, there's 12 chicken eggs. You can picture a dozen eggs. Okay, how many eggs, how big do you think an ostrich egg is? And if you cracked it open and made an omelet, like how, okay, anyway, it's 24 chicken eggs. One ostrich egg is the equivalent of 24 chicken eggs. They're really tasty, Nick says. They're not gamey at all. When I first started, they gave me eggs, but after a while I froze them because I couldn't eat them all. I said, do you find yourself eating lots of ostrich products? He says, the eggs I probably eat once a week. I eat the jerky more than anything else, I would guess. Our ostriches aren't raised for meat, so we get it from a farm in Bakersfield. Oh, oh, the, the jerky meat he's talking about. So they're, well, then what are they doing with these ostriches? I guess they're just showing them off and selling their feathers. And if you pull off an ostrich's feather, does it grow back? 
so many questions left unopened, unsaid. Okay, so they get their jerky from a farm in Bakersfield. Wait, our ostriches aren't raised for meat, so we get it from a farm in Bakersfield. It's mostly made into burgers and steaks. It's like incredibly lean beef. It's not like chicken at all. Hmm. This, this is sounding better all the time. So he says, if the question is, do I eat more ostrich meat now that I have this job? The answer is an, an infinite amount because I never used to eat any at all. I don't feel bad eating them, though, because they're such jerks. That's what he said. All right. Well, this was a short episode, but I am not going to push it. <laughs> um, that was Nick Jerkowski. Nick Jerkowski, who doesn't mind eating ostriches because they're such jerks. Actually, now I am going to check one other thing. Dictionary.com. And, um... I did this with Avril one time where I kept having it say shit, I think, but um, I'm going to have it say emu so we can tell. And just if you're curious, Avril is doing wonderfully, still lives down the street from me, but she's probably going to move soon. Did that work? No. Emu. Emu. Oh, mew. I've been saying it wrong the whole time. Emu. Emu. Okay, it's an emu. I apologize. <laughs> When I was in Catholic school, I had a priest for a teacher who would always say, puberty. <laughs> I hated that. I was always, or, oh, I know it was even worse because we were, he was teaching us a little bit of sex ed. And he said, when you get to be a certain age, you will get pubic hair. <laughs> okay. Well, it looks like if I do, um, if I just read one interview and make some stupid commentary that it'll take only about 20 minutes. So that's what you get. Maybe I'll just do a ton of little 20-minute episodes. Thank you again for listening. I hope you're well. Um, you can find more information on SuzanneYeagley.com. That's about it. I hope you're having a great winter and that you're not taking life too seriously and that you're feeling okay. <laughs> I'm kind of talking to myself here, but all right. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you again. I'll do another interview sometime soon. <laughs>